0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode six of the Young and Perspective podcast. I'm very glad that you are here and I hope your day is going fantastic and I hope that this can add something to it. I have a great one hour conversation for you guys here with Nathan. He's a friend, fellow lifter that I have met over the power of the Internet. And today we are talking about training, recovery, career goals, hobbies, outside interests of lifting. A very exciting, jam-packed episode, so make sure you listen to it all the way through. There's a whole bunch of juicy bits in here and good information. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to make this part of your weekly routine at 1 p.m. on Sundays. Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend that you think can find this helpful. That is the best way for me to grow. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Getting into his backstory now. Enjoy.
1: So, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan. I'm 20 years old. I'm a junior in college at University of Illinois in Chicago, and I am a natural bodybuilder, and I've been training for about coming close to three years now, and we're full steam ahead going into 2021.
0: So how did you get started in your lifting
1: career? So I actually started off very overweight before I even got even considered weight training. So uh, for the majority of my childhood, I went through this period of time at first where um, I was a pretty skinny guy. I was athletic. I was really into basketball and some family situations happened in my past and it ultimately ultimately led me to not having any self-control in terms of my eating patterns and before I knew it year after year I was gaining 25 30 pounds each year and that really just piled on and I went from being a pretty skinny athletic kid to being a very overweight kid in the slowest the slowest kid in my gym class and I went from being a very like athletic point guard in basketball to being that fat kid that could only, that never ran across the court and would just stay behind the arc and shoot three pointers for the longest time. And ultimately as high school started to carry on, it really got to my self-image. I had a lot of self-esteem issues and eventually I reached a breaking point where I told myself like, Hey, I need to start taking the way I look a little bit more seriously. I need to start taking my health, my eating habits more seriously. I've been prolonging this for way too long and towards the middle of my senior year of high school, um, we had this push-up challenge, the 22 push-up challenge. It was to bring awareness to suicide for our veterans, which I thought it was a perfect opportunity to start just building small goals. So at the time, I couldn't even do one clean push-up, and so what I would do is just practice a little bit each day, even during the school day, even during my periods, like the break times outside of school, I would just practice push-ups every once in a while, and then all of a sudden, I was able to do four in a row. All of a sudden, I was able to do 10 in a row and I was doing sets of 10. And I saw this progress and I was telling myself, like, hey, let's start eating better too. That paired together, my push ups should hopefully go through the roof. And in a couple months' time, I started just losing weight very naturally and just taking my progression really seriously. And I went from a kid being able to do zero push ups by, let's say that was around September of my senior year and by January I had lost before I knew it like 30 pounds and I was able to do 51 push-ups in a row that was the very first significant moment in my fitness career and I remember I recorded that set and I still remember it like it was yesterday
0: well that is a that is a crazy story to be honest and I come from a very different background so I was that same skinny athletic kid but I got into lifting because of the football program and you know other things at home and it's like everybody has like those those main drivers but i i guess i wanted to ask you is there like a specific event that was like all right this is the last day that i'm going to allow this
1: yes okay so um like i said with being overweight in high school that stemmed a lot of self-esteem issues it especially with girls it made me think like hey Um, if I ever go out with a girl, like, is my physical appearance going to hold me back in any way? And towards the end of my junior year of high school, I was talking to this one girl and I asked her out to see a musical at our school and she went to a different high school, but uh, I asked her if she wanted to come to mine and see a musical and we arranged it and everything. I bought the tickets for her and she stood me up and that, that particular day, it just, it made, it brought me to a different low of which I never had really felt before it made me realize like just how much my looks can really debilitate my emotions and i didn't go with a clear path from that point but that was definitely my breaking point i told myself like i'm not gonna let this be a limiting factor in my life anymore and that summer i started to just take work out when i can and eat a little bit more or eat a little bit healthier and I weighed about 215 pounds at that time, and by the end of that summer, I weighed about in the mid-180s to low-190s, so that was before I started taking the push-up challenge thing very seriously and lost another 30 pounds in that process, but that was definitely my breaking point at the time, just because of how debilitating that was on me mentally.
0: Well, I'm glad to see that you definitely have surpassed those probably initial goals that you had of Achieving things, like, I don't know if you ever thought, like, man, I'm going to squat 405 for, like, reps. Like, it always <laughs> seems, like, so far away, and then you're, like, almost there, and then you take an actual second to look back and be, like, wow, like, look at how far I've come. And it's, like, that's why I think progress photos are so important and, like, videos are so important. And a lot of people are kind of self-conscious about what they look like, but it's, like, it's good to take those initial photos of, like, either you're hella skinny or... Overweight or just not looking how you want to look and it's like people don't want to accept that and look in the mirror And be like, you know, I'm not really happy with it But I think it's important to do that just so that way you can look back and then you get that motivation from yourself And it's different from getting motivation uh, from other people So I guess the next thing I wanted to ask you about is where do you see fitness going from here? So I know that we've talked about this before but like in terms of powerlifting bodybuilding career uh, College, you know, where do you see this taking you?
1: Well, I guess I'll kind of build off my story of like push-ups and everything because I got that with that being my first very big moment in terms of my own personal fitness, I got addicted to progress. And that was what ultimately led me to buying a customized bodybuilding program by my friend who is a power lifter, but he wrote programs for people in our high school. And I stuck, I stuck through that thing for six weeks and I gave it my everything. And the progress that I saw in those six weeks was immense to say the least. And I fell in love with bodybuilding, like in an instant. And ever since then, uh, when I lost the weight, I just went on a phase where I was just trying to gain as much as I possibly could. And it's, it's been that way ever since, just literally try and improve my body composition to the highest degree of which I possibly can. It's, I felt, I've been in love with the process ever since. And that's honestly where I see myself taking it. Uh, I've, not slowed down whatsoever in terms of my progress with body composition and I only intend to take that further for now that's most definitely my primary goal it's like you said with the progress photos and everything just seeing that progression over time of what you thought was originally unattainable and seeing that come to fruition with time and patience and blood sweat and tears a ton of hard work it makes it so worth it in the end.
0: So then what do you think about like career goals? So you've said, can you uh, go into specifics about what you're
1: studying? So I am a junior at the University of Illinois Chicago and I'm a kinesiology exercise science major. So my major doesn't really matter. It's just what matters is I take the prerequisites to ultimately get into a doctorate of physical therapy school. And so that is my ultimate goal is to be a physical therapist. I really fell in love with the science application In terms of resistance training and I love just learning about what goes through what goes on with the body when you're performing those movements you're moving through space under resistance and it's interesting to see what occurs with that and. That's a huge reason why i'm so driven towards my training in general just see because of the things i'm learning I can see it directly apply into my training and I only want to optimize my knowledge further both in the classroom and apply it in the gym so I can apply that experience towards any sort of people I end up helping in the future.
0: So personal therapy is what you said you want to do?
1: Uh, physical therapy. Or physical
0: yes. therapy, my bad. So is that like sports rehab or like injury rehab? Because I know I watch people like uh, Jeff Cavalier on YouTube. He, <laughs> I think he's a physical therapist if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: He is, yes.
0: So what does that like actual job entail
1: doing? So there's so many – different branches in which you can go into and i've i'm not a hundred percent sure about where i want to go into yet but i'm kind of leaning towards rehabilitation at the elite athletic level just because i feel like i could really apply myself and delve deep into my knowledge in that realm because uh any sort of problems that elite athletes are having are very very specific in terms of their injuries or something that's they need to work on performance wise. So you can go into athletic rehabilitation. You can work on, let's see, just the general public. You can go into pediatrics, uh, not only the different age groups, but just different backgrounds in general. Cool. Cool. So now I won't ask you
0: about your, your final goals for you know bodybuilding, powerlifting, because it's always to just get as good as you possibly can be. So it's like I get asked that question a lot. And I'm like, I don't really have an end goal. I just I just want to get as good as I can because, it's like again, you're just obsessed with that process. But now I kind of want to steer the direction a little bit, and I want to talk about something that a lot of people struggle with and that I try to share in my podcast and on my videos as much as I can, and that's like... How do you personally deal with motivational issues like the self-discipline part? Because whenever I talk to people, it seems like one of the biggest things they always say is, wow, like the self-discipline I was able to develop to be able to get myself to do things that I don't want to do. And it's like how it branches out into so many different areas of life. And that's why I think previously we've talked about how for you and for me, like making that decision to work out was like the best decision we ever made. Not necessarily because of like being able to look good, like that's cool, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like life isn't all about money, life isn't all about how you look. how you look, there's a lot more. So I kind of wanted to just get your take on how do you deal with like lack of motivation and how do you get yourself to just like kick yourself in the ass and get going.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna start off by saying discipline trumps motivation always. That's what's going to get you through those rough days. That's what's going to that's what's going to get your ass in the gym. No matter what, no matter what the circumstances, you're just ultimately going to find a way if you can discipline yourself. And I tell this to a lot of people our age because we're young adults. And I tell people that if you see yourself as a mature adult, then you should have the maturity to discipline yourself accordingly towards your goals if they mean that much to you and the best way I feel like you can discipline yourself is structure and having a plan. So one of the biggest phrases that I live by is failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And so if you can give yourself a devoted time towards working out, for example, and that's the very first thing I did with that push-up challenge was, um, it ultimately led me to doing like the 22 push-ups in a row. Like I said, it was for the veterans and it ultimately led me to doing 10 sets of 22 per day. And I would devote. Each specific time to do a set of 22. And I knew at that time, like, okay, I need to do that set of 22, no matter what. And when you give yourself that structure and that time, it's so much easier because you know what's coming ahead of you. And ultimately, just comes down to are you going to do it at that specific time? Are you going to follow through with the plan that you have set in place? And I think the biggest aspect of actually following through with your plan is finding ways to adhere to it. So making it enjoyable in ways, I guess an example, a big example would be in nutrition, it's so hard for people to stick to their diets, especially just staying consistent with it, especially when somebody's trying to lose weight. It's so easy to just fall off track for a day, but if you can, it's so much easier to adhere to long-term. If you can find ways to implement into your structure, a little bit of leniency so you're not throwing yourself off track for the long term picture.
0: And that was uh, a kind of follow up question I wanted to have for you. Is that I know it's 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 hard for me to kind of connect with and relate to people who are coming from an overweight background and like that's what started and what sparked their fitness journey. Not because you know I don't want to help them or don't want to see to see nothing like that. It's just it's hard for me to relate because I've never been there. So what would you what advice would you give to people who are struggling right now and maybe are not sure of what they're doing is the correct thing to be doing. Like, what would you tell them coming from somebody who, who did it is enjoying themselves are super glad they did
1: it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very overwhelming obstacle, especially when people look at it that way. Like, how am I going to be able to achieve this at this time? And honestly, I tell most people, don't put a timestamp on it just because you're going to overwhelm yourself. It's a, bit, it's a big change that you're going to make ultimately, not only to the way you look, but with your lifestyle. You need, like, you're not going to keep that weight off if you don't make this into some sort of a lifestyle that you can ultimately adhere to, like I said. Looking at the big picture too much can overwhelm you. So just take it one day at a time. Uh, with the whole push-up challenge for me, I had a long-term goal of being able to do 22 push-ups in a row. But I knew that that was a very attainable goal, and I didn't overemphasize that each day. I just knew like, what can I progress on on this particular day, and let's make the most out of it. And though when you put emphasis into a particular day, it allows you to focus accordingly and not be so mentally attached to the big picture when it can be so overwhelming. And instead, when you put so much attention into those particular days, they tend to add up in those optimal days start to add up and that's just volume that you're adding to your body that will ultimately lead you towards your goal and that's why i say try not to put a time stamp on it unless you have like a specific day that you need to be ready for this for but it's a process especially with circumstances that will get in the way it's in some way shape or form you'll have to adjust accordingly and know what to expect
0: now, I kind of wanted to give my little two cents about like this same issue uh, just to give some more value to everybody who's listening. And that would be, for me, one thing that I have found that works really well for me. And I can kind of understand the hunger thing. So is that, like, real quick, is that, like, a big deal or a big issue when it comes to, like, losing weight coming from an overweight background is, like,
1: the hunger problems? I think it really depends on the person as well as what you do to – ultimately lose the weight. So honestly, I was intuitive about my eating, but I never tracked calories. I didn't start tracking calories until I got into resistance training. That's something I do to this day, just to adhere to my plan. But I took the physical activity aspect so of it so much more important, just because it really debilitated me mentally, just of what I was incapable of doing, like not even being able to do a push up at the time and being the slowest kid in my gym class. I put so much more attention towards the physical activity aspect of it. And it allowed me to adhere to my plan more, even on days where I ate a little bit more, I eventually reached my goal. So I guess the way hunger can plague someone who's previously overweight, as I guess, once you reach that goal, um, those eating habits can still play an effect because you know how you used to eat in your past. And it makes you want to go back to that in some way because like i think everybody loves not having to have any self-control for a little bit and just really enjoy mm-hmm. yourself christmas and cookies you... baby exactly and when you used to do and when you used to do that all the time it makes you miss that to a certain degree so i guess that's the biggest way it can plague you is just knowing what you used to do in the past and you have to be a lot more strict with yourself but you have you have to weigh weigh out the benefits with it like the the goals that i've reached with keeping myself in check definitely outweigh the moments where I could have lost self-control and just ate whatever I want. So the
0: way I'll respond to that is, so the per- the Christmas cookies perfect because every year, right, and before I started, this has been like since the beginning of time, and by the beginning of time, I mean since I was born, the grandmas always, the grandmas love cook- baking cookies, right? So before I was lifting, and even probably this was the first year where I was like, like, I, I don't really know about that. Like, I'm not trying to have, like, three boxes of cookies in my house. Before that, it was, like, all bulk mode, like, calories, calories, calories. Give me all the cookies I can have. <laughs> and it's, like, so I don't want to tell grandma that, like, you can't bake me cookies anymore because, like, I know she's just sitting around waiting for Christmas so that way she can bake them cookies. But the way that I've dealt with, like, when I'm hungry and I'm, like, okay, I know I shouldn't eat this thing or, like, hey, I'm trying to lose some weight and I'm trying to get – you know get down to this certain body fat percentage for this certain day or whatever I have found that I think it's called like the 22nd rule or the 32nd rule and it's like whatever you are accustomed to doing or whatever you're comfortable doing you will make the easiest you'll make it the easiest thing to do so a perfect example that I found this is why I discovered the rules on a YouTube video so this isn't my analogy but it was like so if you come home from work and you want to get better at playing the guitar right but you watch, You have a really bad habit of binge-watching Netflix. You come home, and the remote is sitting there on the side of the sofa, and it takes two seconds to turn the TV on, or you have to go into your room, open up the guitar case, take it out, and then go back to the living room, which may sound like nothing, right? So people are like, oh, it's, it, that takes 20 seconds. But when you sit down on that couch, you're home from work, and it's like you have two options. One takes two two seconds and the other takes 20 seconds. And so you have to put yourself in a position to win, to do what you want yourself to do. So what the guy said he did is he took the remotes or took the batteries out of the remote and hid them in the bottom level of his dresser underneath all his clothes, making it 20 seconds to, to get the TV. And he put the guitar on the guitar stand right next to the bed or to the couch. And now he has totally refripped the role. So he goes up to... Hit the remote. Oh, there's no batteries in it. I have to 20. It's like, oh, I just i worked all day. I don't want to do that. Picks up the guitar and plays the guitar. Perfect. And so when I hear like, oh, I don't have the willpower to lose weight or like I struggle with, you know, self-discipline. I'm like, dude, if there's cookies, I'm eating them. So it's like I don't have the best self-control either. But what I do have is I don't put myself in a position where I have to use the self-control and like that's the key for like keeping the weight off and like losing the weight, at least in my my case where I lost about 30 pounds, maybe not quite the same 30 pounds, but it's like you, instead of using up willpower, which is a finite resource, everybody knows that you can tell yourself, you can tell yourself you're not going to eat that, but eventually it's it's just too tempting. You just can't do it. So don't put yourself in the position in the first place where you have to use it because I've been like smooth sailing for the last couple months. Like there's no cheap food in my house, like barely any. And it's like, if it is, it's like in a closet and I don't even see it. So if I don't even see it, I don't even think about it. So it's like, I'm eating my potatoes and my tilapia and I'm like, good. Life's good. Like I'm fine. Diet's perfect. Everything's on point. And it's like, I just, it's so awesome that I don't have to put myself in a position where I have to guilt trip myself being like, oh, I don't, I, you know, I see it, but I don't want to eat it. And it's like, then I want it. And it's like, oh, I don't even, I don't even think about it. So it's great. So that'd be one thing that I would say that I have figured out that has worked like instantaneously and that everybody should give a shot. So make the thing that you don't want to do harder to do or yes, harder to do and make the thing that you want yourself to do way easier to do and it'll work every time.
1: So. I love that concept, honestly. And it makes me think about some of the daily habits that I have. So like, I'm on a bulk and training very hard right now. And I know that if I don't prioritize my recovery that I won't be able to properly, uh, like give myself a sufficient stimulus the next day. So it makes, I guess I've sort of implemented that in my own ways indirectly without even realizing it. But for example, like my massage gun, I try and devote a little bit of time each day to applying that towards the areas that I train. just, I've noticed anecdotally, just it helps so much with my recovery, just giving that little bit of an extra 10 minutes to stretch as well. And so it's actually sitting right here in front of me. I didn't even like kind of realize the effect it has, but I leave my massage gun out on my kitchen table just because this is where my workstation tends to be a lot. And just having that right there, it's so much easier than going upstairs into my bedroom where it's in a cabinet to go and fish it out where I can just grab it right now and use it if I need to
0: exactly it's like so it, it's it's kind of life-changing once you figure this out you're just like you have to assume that you're going to be lazy and that you don't want to do anything and so you have to put the you have to make it so effortless so effortless to just be like pick it up do the thing you want to do because you're you have to assume you're going to be like that just refusing to do it now that does make me question to me is so okay. the the therapy gun is that the same as is foam rolling and what are like your recovery tips? So like, what are like the number one, two, three thing maybe that you can do for recovery? As advice to somebody who just doesn't do anything, they just train, they eat and
1: they sleep. So I'm gonna put my number one aspect of recovery at sleep. I think it's easily the most underrated factor, not only in terms of recovery, but just body composition overall. It's insane how just a little bit of sleep deprivation can raise your cortisol levels. It can decrease your testosterone levels. It can uh, hinder the amount of fat loss that you actually accumulate. So they did a study that I was reading about and this blew my mind. So these people were put, there were two groups of people and they were each put in a caloric deficit and they weren't resistance training. So it's kind of tough to say how much a training stimulus would have affected this data, but it was still extremely compelling nonetheless. And one group slept for as long as they needed, and then the second group slept one hour short of what they needed, and they were intentionally woken up each time. And the first group that slept as long as they needed, I believe it was 85% of their weight loss came from fat and only 15% of it was muscle. The second group that was only an hour short of sleep of what they needed throughout the week, it was the exact opposite. Eighty-five percent, eighty-five percent of the weight they lost was muscle, and only wow. fifteen percent was fat. Wasn't that isn't that crazy? That's ridiculous.
0: No way. That literally blew my mind. Wait, so how do they determine the amount they needed? Like, is that like the medical ranges? Like seven, to, like seven to nine. That's what I hear all so the they- time.
1: So they gave a one week period and both groups just slept as long as they needed at first before any data was taken. Until their
0: bodies like woke up? Yeah. Okay. So they just,
1: they studied, they studied their natural circadian rhythm mm. and yeah, for wow. the second group, they would just intentionally wake them up one hour before.
0: Dang. I've actually seen that like, I didn't, okay. I didn't know it was like that drastic and maybe more study needs to be done. And Maybe, maybe that was like just this particular group of, of uh, participants and maybe the effect is that big, but not like that, that big because I've seen that before on the vertical diet where Stan Efferding talks about like your sleep is like super crucial to your metabolism restoration and like your body body functions hormones like it's so crucial people just think it's like something you do but it's like way more than that so assuming somebody has their sleep locked down their let's say the nutrition's locked down sleep's locked down hydration's locked down What's the next thing you're gonna tell them?
1: I would definitely say stretching. Sure. So, um, when you're train, when especially when you're doing resistance training in the gym, so not only are you placing the those muscles on tension, but you're you're actually damaging the neural pathways from your motor neurons on your muscles to your brain. And what that does is this is actually a concept that a lot of people aren't aware of. But there's actually no such thing as Quote unquote tight muscles, like the actual length of those muscles are not changing. It's the actual nervous system connection that is changing. And so when you feel like your hamstrings are tight, they're not changing in terms of length, their natural length at all. It's just that perceived like pain in that stretch is less sufficient now because of the stimulus that you put on it. It has damaged neural pathways. So what that stretching does, what any sort of static stretching does, is it allows you to restore that nervous system connection between the muscles and your brain. So that's how a lot of like very flexible people like gymnasts, for example, that's how they reach very elite levels of mobility is enough static stretching to the point where it's almost like training volume where they accumulate all this static stretching volume to the point where they have this nervous system connection with their muscles, allowing them to lengthen it very with an extreme range of motion without any pain. Okay. And just as much as repair, like, quote unquote, repairing the muscle through your nutrition and everything. It's just as important that you repair those mo- those motor neuron pathways so you can train effectively in terms of the range of motion and the exercises that you're doing.
0: See I, I had no idea of that. The one now what I did know is that my squat has been going crazy and my deadlift's been going crazy ever since I started stretching. Like I'll do like this mobility work where I'll like internally, externally rotate my hips. I'll do like deep squat rockers. I'll focus on like like big compound stretching movements if you call them that i don't stretch just mm-hmm. one muscle at a time i do like these like i sprawl my legs out all over the place definitely but one thing i wanted to ask you and that one thing that i've been experimenting with is warm-ups so like what's take me through your warm-up routine and like what kind of stretching do you incorporate because you know there was science that came out saying you know static stretching is not good but then you want a foam roll but then you don't want to foam roll and then you want to do cardio, but not too much. So take me through what you do for your warmup.
1: So before I even go through my warmup, I just want to say that a warmup is easily one of the most overlooked aspects of a workout. It primes your performance. It it's it's so crucial in terms of not only performance but injury prevention. And if you if you're in this for the long game, then you better do a at least a semi sufficient warmup. The main benefits of a warm-up is not only does it prime your performance, but it raises your core body temperature and makes you extremely less prone to injury. I do just that in my warm-up. So it kind of depends. What what warm-up do you want me to go through, like a lower-body day or an upper-body day?
0: For me, like the lower-body day is the hardest because there's so many. I feel like I handle way more weight. It's not like I feel like. It's true. I handle way more weight on my lower-body days. And so I'm a little bit more cautious and i'm a little bit more like you know if i'm getting under 400 pounds like i want to make sure that i am ready to handle that if i'm shoulder pressing 95 pounds i'm not worried about it um so yeah go take me through a lower body day
1: okay so um like i said one of the biggest goals in a warm-up is should be to raise your core body temperature just so you're less prone to injury so i always warm up in a sweatshirt no matter what workout i'm doing just because that's going to help me break a sweat easier and easily raise that core body temperature. So for my lower body days, the very first thing I do is just some light cardio. So I'll go on usually the bike and not only will that that light cardio allow me to raise my core body temperature, but it also just, it'll put my lower body through like consistently a decent stretch and range of motion. That's gonna get a good amount of blood flow to that area, which you want blood in the, the circuit, you want blood circulating through the working muscles. That way they can work sufficiently. So I'll do about five minutes, I'd say, on the bike. That th- That's usually all I need to get a good degree of blood flow to that area. And then the very next thing I'll do is dynamically stretch. So back to what you said in terms of static stretching, um, what the science tends to say is you only tend to see performance detriments when the static stretch lasts 20 to 30 seconds or even longer. Um, I get a lot of questions regarding static stretching, and I think it's fine. It can really help increase your range of motion temporarily for specific exercises, but it needs to not be performed for overly long periods of time. That way you don't see any performance detriments. Just because my mobility tends to be good enough for most exercises, all I do is primarily dynamic stretching, so I'll go through some leg swings. both in front of me and to the side, just so I can warm up both my hip flexors and my extensors and my abductors and adductors. Um, then the very next, all while going through these routines, by the way, so before I do the leg swings, I'll do a lot of body weight, Romanian deadlifts because, um, my hamstrings tend to be my worst recovering muscle and I need to make sure that I have proper hip hinge range of motion when I'm going into any sort of lower body lift. And, uh, vast majority of the time squats tend to be my first lift. So I need to make sure I have a good range of motion throughout my entire lower body. Body weight, Romanian deadlifts, then go into leg swings and I'll do a little more body weight, Romanian deadlifts. Um, I'll do some light calf raises actually next because my calves, I don't know if it's a genetic thing for me, cause I've seen chiropractors about this before but I have very tight calves, specifically my soleus which is very active in a squat. And I need to put that through some, like, I just need to get some good blood flow to that area as well as stretch it out. That way I have decent ankle mobility. So that's one thing that I will put through a static stretch for about 10 seconds too. And I've never seen, I've never seen it have any detriment to my workout whatsoever. So static stretching, like I said, is fine, as long as it's not done for too long. And I really can't emphasize the importance of the roles that your adductors and abductors play in any sort of lower body lift because um, those are frontal pl- or yes, those are frontal plane muscles or transverse, depending on what uh, exercise you're doing. And most of the leg exercises that you're performing are in the sagittal plane. So that means your adductors and abductors are working to stabilize your hip, your hips when you're performing these exercises. So I go and do two warm-up sets usually on the abductor and adductor machine. Make sure I have some really good blood flow to that area that they feel sufficiently like if I were to do a working set with them, that they would be ready because they need to be ready to stabilize throughout that whole time. They're almost like the rotator cuff of your lower body. They need to be good and palpated and worked beforehand. And after that, I'll do some body weight squats, just to make sure that my mobility is sufficient as if like I were to attempt a working set right now and after i feel like i'm ready to tackle my working sets that's when i get into my actual warm up sets so let's say i'm hitting squats just because i have enough free time to do a really good quality warm up too i do a quite a good amount of working sets especially cuz squats is in hindsight it's a total body movement it uses your core to such a large degree as well as like you need to stabilize throughout your whole upper body so i practice each warm up set like it's a legitimate working set. So I'll do one to two sets with the empty bar and I'll unrack it like it's 405. I will squat as violently as the same as I would with 405 because, and I think that's one of the biggest things people overlook in their warm-up sets is you're trying to activate predominantly your fast twitch muscle fibers. So if you aren't performing that exercise with as much speed and power as you can, you're not going to activate those muscle fibers in your warm-up sets at all. Treat it like it's an actual working set and those muscles are going to be primed for what they're actually about to encounter when they do, when you do actually do your first working set. So I'll do a set of 12 to 15 or so with the empty bar and then I'll usually go up progressively in plates. So then I'll do a set of eight to 10 with just a plate and then these warm sets are not meant to fatigue you in any, any way as well like i said you're just priming your muscle fibers for your working sets so i tend to go pretty low reps on these honestly so after that i go two plates and i'll do a very speedy four reps and then i'll go to 275 and do two speedy reps and then i'll go to singles after that and treat it as if i'm about to hit a single with 500 pounds or something i'll hype up for it the exact <laughs> same way too i want to make sure my nervous system in particular is ready and right re- ready to go and give it my all and yeah, I, I treat my warm-up singles like they're legitimate working sets, and I'll go to 315. Let's just say my working sets are at 365 for that day. So like 365 for sets of eight to ten, because that's what I just hit most recently. I'll do a warm-up single with 315, a warm-up single with 365, and then with squats in particular, I feel like it really benefits me confidence-wise, as well as being able to stabilize my upper body if I go slightly over that. So. I'll usually go to around 380 to 385 just because I know if I hit that for a single that's gonna be such a like I'll have so many reps left in the tank where it still doesn't fatigue me to any significant degree. So I'll go for 380 or 385 as fast as I possibly can and like I said that doesn't fatigue me at all. So when I start my working sets with 365 for sets of eight to ten, it feels so much lighter on my upper back honestly because I just handle the weight that was heavier. And by that point, my nervous system is ready to go. I've I've practiced the movement. My body is primed for the barbell squat. And then I'll hit my working sets.
0: Now, I hope everybody had their notepad for that because that was a lot. And I don't do nearly that much, but I definitely should. There were some things that I took from that that I will incorporate into mine, especially the calf thing. I have big calves, first of all, you know, not a flex, but <laughs> – like I, like if I put my toes against a wall, like the ball of my foot against a wall, I can't touch my knee to the wall. And like, I, that's like a test that I use for my mobility. Uh-huh. And so I actually have never, that's the most interesting thing I heard was like the soleus stretch. Cause I have hella tight calves. I have atrocious ankle mobility. So I definitely should try that for getting down. Cause I feel like if, if your ankles are not aligned, then your back's not aligned your lower back's not aligned, then like everything's thrown up because it goes from the ground up. So that Mm -hmm. is one thing that I, but the other, the third thing that I noticed that was really interesting, that was, you actually go heavier and then like back it off. So, and that's just, just to prime the central nervous system by using a heavier weight.
1: Exactly.
0: That, okay. Yeah. I'll have to try that too. So those are some very interesting things.
1: It's still neat, but like I said, that warm up set should not fatigue you to any degree. If it's going to cause a performance detriment with whatever you do for your actual working sets, then it's not worth it. So like I said, if you're doing anything sub, I don't know if everybody's familiar with the RPE scale, but if you're doing a single and that's heavier than your working sets and it's still RPE below six, you're probably fine, honestly.
0: Okay. So maybe like 70, 75% of your one rep max. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have to add that to my, uh, to my workouts. Now, one last thing I wanted to ask you uh, about training before we veer off course a little bit is mm-hmm. anybody who's new to lifting, anybody who's getting into lifting. Cause I'll get these things on Instagram. I'm sure you do too, where it's like somebody and, and no, no hate follow to them. It, but like, I tell people like, Hey, hit me up on Instagram if you have any questions, but I'll get people who a- ask me questions about like all this, like crazy stuff. Like, you know, what are my calories need to be? What are my macros need to be? And I'm like, uh, okay, how long have you been lifting? And they're like, two weeks and i'm like dude like you just need to go out you just need to like do more stuff like you just need to gain some experience under your belt learn what doesn't work before you ask about what works it's kind of like asking how to make youtube videos before you've even made one or like asking how do i podcast before you've even made one you have to try fail find things that don't work and then you can get tips about finding the way that will work but basically my point in all this is if somebody's coming up to you and they're new what's the number one piece of advice you're gonna give
1: them? Patience and self-experimentation. So like I said, I think a lot of anybody listening to this can can sort of tell I'm sort of science-based when it comes to my training. But by that same token, you can answer sort of any question with science. Like you could say, oh, the science says that you should do this for a squat. Oh, but this other study says that you shouldn't do this for a squat. And that's what ultimately leads to informing yourself through science at least for me personally but i don't let that take over everything in terms of my training so I'll, I'll come up with a personal example like biceps i've always been very methodical in terms of my rp for those my progression on specific lifts like barbell curls uh i track my sets my reps everything on that ever since i started training add this as a little side note an extra piece of advice hop on a program that's going to ultimately put you on a structure to maximize your progress. And I've been on, I feel I attribute to pretty much all my progress to being on a training program for about 95% of my living career.
0: Not necessarily because that training program is good or bad, just because it's like a direction. Like you're not walking exactly. into the gym and being like, Oh, today, Oh, my chest is kind of sore. uh you know, my arms don't <laughs> feel that great. Or, you know, just something where, you know, and then you're just walking around and you're like, Oh, I don't know what I want to do. And then you end up doing uh, chest, biceps, and you skip your legs, and you're just like, okay, going home. I think that's – I'll <laughs> back that, but also for the, the self-experimentation thing. So I know you and I differ on the bicep training thing, and mm-hmm. I understand – I like where you're coming from, where you say you use the science as a guideline. It's not a rule. And for me personally, that's the one thing I've found with biceps is where I do not do full range of motion. I – do not track my progression. I do not track my exercises. I do not track number of sets. I don't do any of that. I don't have a notebook. I just go in there and I just go to failure on every single set until I can't lift my arms and I'm like, good, Mm -hmm. done, time to go. So I guess I would also push that onto people is to definitely self-experiment and don't be like, oh, Ronnie Coleman rows five plates, so I'm gonna try to row two and a half (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bend your back and then be like, why am I not getting big? So, I do like that uh, that piece of advice. But now I kind of want to move on a little bit and I want to ask you about a little bit more of your personal life. So I know that lifting is a huge part of all of our lives. especially everybody who's in it, like you, get to a point where you're pr- you're proud to be a lifter. You're proud that you go into the gym and some people knock you for this and I, I ne- that never made sense to me. Like you're making fun of me because I don't want to go to that party because I have an exam tomorrow and i have to get up early in the morning and lift and then i have to go to work and it's like like why are you making fun of me for that but you get to a point where you're 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 proud to wear that meathead badge on your your chest you're just like yes i work out
1: i'll never for a single second understand why people make fun of people that are trying to work on the best versions of themselves they see that as like almost like a waste of time But I feel like that's the most consistently productive thing you could do with your time is consistently just get a little bit better each day.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I never I never really understood that. But I wanted to ask you about, like, what are some other interests you have outside of of lifting? So, for example, if you have a 24 hour day, lifting is two hours And then eating obviously but we're not going to include that because everybody has to eat but so Mm -hmm. like what are you doing on those other outside hours
1: so my entire life i've always had a really deep connection with music uh ever since i was a little kid i would be that kid that would hum and sing in the middle of class and my teacher would call me out on it and not gonna lie as a kid that was that didn't know better i was super annoying about it but it it showed just how much i had a passion for it and it ultimately led me to doing choir in high school, I got into the highest choir, and I took on so many opportunities like uh, singing at the district, singing at the district level and stuff. And I got to be on the radio for caroling, I got to sing for charity events for the elderly, So, music has brought me so many great opportunities throughout my life. And not just singing as well towards the end of my senior year, or going into my senior year, actually, I took on piano. And I actually had a layoff for it for a while because I didn't have a good source to practice on. And considering music is a very aud- very audio-based, um, not having a good source to practice on makes it so much less enjoyable when you play on a piano that's out of tune. So I recently actually just invested in a keyboard where it's always in tune and I can always enjoy my experiences with practicing. And so that's what takes up a lot of my time right now is... I try and keep my vocal ability up to par somewhat with what I did in high school. I did have, I, I did have legitimate voice training at the time. Like every week I would see a professional voice teacher. And I even had workshops where I worked with very renowned music professors to work on my craft. So I'll do a little bit of objective singing to work on my craft as well as just practice piano. And like I said, I was on a bit of a layoff. So kind of my goal is to really get beyond, my original skill level before I had that layoff
0: and see uh excuse me for a sec it's like that is something that nobody would ever know about you like people think that us (laughs) lifters just just go to the gym and just eat and just sleep but it's like so much more than that and we actually put in effort to other areas of our life so I just I didn't know that, that about you and I thought that is like super cool that like you're just out there doing your own thing you love music you're pursuing that And that is awesome and i just wanted to put that in there like us lifters are not just meatheads we do not just pick things up and put them down as a big part of our life but like that is super cool so anyway continue i
1: fit and honestly i feel like if anything that makes like any person who lifts very seriously i think it makes them much more of a well-rounded individual just because that work ethic i think translates so much over into what ends up being another person's personal interest. Like for me, it is music. And that honestly helped my work ethic so much more with providing a structure for myself. Like before I took choir and before I was even into lifting at the time, like I didn't really have, I already had a structure set for me in place. Like I would go to choir on this day. I would have voice lessons on this day, but honestly it's thanks to lifting that uh, taught me the value of consistency that I give myself devoted time throughout my day to practice both piano and my singing because if it wasn't for lifting to teach me that consistency i probably would just practice when i want to and i probably wouldn't be taking my practicing overall as seriously
0: i love that it's like that is the same thing that's what i'm talking about when i'm telling people i'm like it's that discipline element that just finds its way into everything because it doesn't matter what it is if you want to be good at something there are going to be days that you're like i don't want to do this even if it's something you love and you've been doing since you've been two there's going to be days you're like i just i just don't feel like doing it today and it's that ability to get yourself going knowing that and i know it's not like it's not always about competition but if you want to be the best it is that's just that's just how the world is made and Mm -hmm. it's like you got to understand that your competition is going to get themselves going when they don't want to and so you got to be able to step up to the plate and do that very same thing. So, do you have any other other interests outside of music and weightlifting?
1: Um, I guess just devotion to the people that I really care about. I really try especially like ever since college when I can't see people as people from my hometown as often when they are in town. I really try and devote time to them. I really try and be a good friend. I really try and show how much of an impact they had in my life on my past and continue to. So, I try and be the best son that I can in my family and I really try and be there for my friends when I can and it does require a degree of effort honestly but it's it's all for the people that I love and I like being able to put my effort towards those people especially around the time of the holidays where I can show my gratitude towards them
0: that's awesome and yeah I've found that too I think the the concept of family has gotten much more important now that that's like A huge part of my day it's like just spending time with my mom or you know working on something with my dad or you know just way I was way more appreciative of it now than I used to be Um, and so the one final thing I wanted to ask you was to end this off is do you have any like what are your goals and aspirations that aren't lifting and aren't career-based so do you have like anything else like for example me I want to travel the world and some of the places that I want to go right now are Seoul, South Korea, I want to go to New Zealand, and I want to go to Whistler, and some more like reasonable places for a college kid budget are Seattle, and maybe LA, that seems kind of cliche, but, but maybe, Dubai sounds good too, uh, going to Arizona yes. in a couple of weeks, but yeah, so I just wanted to ask you that just to develop your personality a little bit more, and because I just kind of want to know more about you.
1: Definitely. Um, well, first off, LA is, as cliche as it is, California is just so great. It's I went nice. there a few years ago, and I would totally you live there if... I, it? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my goals and aspirations outside of lifting, traveling is such a big thing for me, too. There's, We live in such a big world, and we only get one life on this planet. And there's nothing interests my mind more than seeing all that mankind has created there's so much diversity throughout this world that i feel like not enough people get to embark on and we're we're in we're put into a position like being i would say we're privileged in the grand scheme of human beings that we have that we have that opportunity to be able to travel the world and there's no reason why we shouldn't take advantage of that opportunity so traveling is definitely a huge thing for me um Dubai is honestly one of my top destinations. I've always been fascinated with that place ever since I was a little kid. I was really into tall buildings. And when the Burst Khalifa was made, I was like, oh, man, I got to go there. Um, and just it's so high tech there. And I've seen the gyms there. There's a lot of fitness influencers <laughs> yes, the g- there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to Dubai for the gym. I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just I feel like I could make such an experience out of that. A huge goal of mine is to find ways to make my business very monetarily efficient. So there's an aspect of my career that I do want to make online in terms of maybe making rehabilitation programs that people could just buy online and I could have like a service hotline that people could contact me regarding questions on it whenever they need. And that would allow me to do things like travel more often. And that's just income that I would not have to like commute in person for, you know, um, along with traveling, honestly, I'm really considering motivational speaking in the future, just because, um, the more and more I tell people about my story, I've had people say, like, I should legitimately consider going into motivational speaking. And honestly, that's one of the, that's one of the greatest aspects of fitness for me is helping others and so i write training programs for people whenever they just it's just a small side hustle that i do right now but while i make those programs for them my attention is to inform them on smart training as much as i can so they can hopefully learn how to implement this for themselves and i get messages all the time saying how much they appreciate like just obtaining this wealth of knowledge and i feel like i can contribute in a motivational speaking aspect to that way as well and honestly nothing warms my heart more knowing that i'm having an effect on such a large group of people all at one time i would love to be able to just have a positive impact on others like that on a consistent basis you know what you should do what's up
0: you should start a podcast because I, find <laughs> that, I mean even if the people who actually care and actually want to listen to you are going to listen to you um so it's like the people who are actually going to take your advice are the ones who are actually going to listen to your podcast. So if that's, I mean, this is the this is the platform to do it on. Um, it's you're not right, really like a right. a YouTube video. But the one thing that you ended off with there, well, I got a couple things because you said a lot. Um, South Korea, the technology is kind of what got me to go to South, like what made me want to go there just because like the cities are advanced and like you can go from city. It's kind of like Denver if you've ever been there. You can go from high rise skyscraper city to mountainous rural not a human within 10 miles and i like wow. that i like that kind of thing so i spent a lot of time in denver and i know that south korea is like that just because they have uh mountainous areas over there and so it's like that's really pulling me there as long as the technology because like pe- kids who are kids people who are like under 25 and under 30 like really appreciate technology i feel like a lot more and understand how to use it yes but another thing oh, i'm trying to remember. What what were the last couple of things that uh, that you said?
1: Just motivational speaking and making uh, my business partially online as well.
0: So uh, the motivational speaking thing, and I had a person who's probably listening to this. Yes, I'm talking about you. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me, and I was like feeling kind of down because I don't know I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like a YouTube video that didn't do that well or whatever. And he goes every anytime you feel he was like motivational speaking to me, and I was like eating it up. He was like gassing me up, and I was like, you he, he was like anytime you like feel unmotivated just remember that there are people out there working harder because of something you've said and I'm like yo that's true like there there's got to be somebody out there that's like because of something that I've said that they've taken from me aren't like somebody might be listening to this and now working harder listen to you and working harder that's like that has got to be one of the best feelings not because like I'm doing the work for them or anything like that it's just like I don't know what it is but when I see other people like achieve their best self that's like okay now I got to step my game up to achieve my best self not even like in a competition type way just like like just being better people like that is like oh my gosh that is like I'm obsessed with it now and like I've changed my YouTube channel scope from fitness to fitness and self-improvement because obviously fitness is a massive part of self-improvement but it's like I found that I'm passionate about all of it not necessarily just deadlifting more weight like i don't just want to give fitness tips i want to like show people how to be better people you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i want to share my journey because i haven't always been the best person and i don't i think all of us can relate to that we've all done things that we probably hoped we wouldn't have or um you know made decisions that we didn't think were the greatest and so we're all on our journey to being the best you know we're never the best version of ourselves. and so that's like why i've changed the scope of my youtube channel kind of fit my podcast a little more where it's just like it's just self-improvement just getting better every single day Uh, so i'm really glad that you said that and to end things off is there anything else that you want to tell that anybody's listening you know where they can find you at if they want to get hear more from you see more from you take it away
1: um so i do have a snapchat where i do have a private story that i do try and post motivational stuff when i can i try it's a very like i have a lot of people from high school on there that try and anybody that I have on there see usually is requesting motivation of some kind. So that's where I tend to post a lot of like quotes or anything that like helps me get through rough days and stuff. So, uh, my Snapchat is Kobe, uh, two four zero eight, and eight. <laughs> <I'll put> it <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very avid Kobe Bryant fan and his work ethic is one of those things that actually translates very much to me personally in the gym. Um, Let's see, I do have an Instagram. It is the underscore NVG and I do, that is a new year's resolution of mine actually is, it's meant to be along with posting my fitness journey, just informative content as well. Very science-based informative content pertaining to fitness. So that is a big goal of mine throughout 2021 is to come up with more posts that can really benefit others in terms of their training and nutrition.
0: And with that all being said, this podcast has come to an end. If you made it to the end, I really want to give you a thank you because that truly means that you support what I do. And I hope you took something away. As always, make sure to shoot me a DM on Instagram if you want to talk about something that you heard in this podcast. I'll leave all his information down below if you want to go talk to him about something he said in this podcast. As always, make sure to leave a like rating down below and have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you all very soon. Take care.